Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast, a real look at single parenting, how to navigate the ups and downs of life with kids on your own while keeping sane. We cover all manner of subjects from domestic violence, dealing with childhood trauma, through to fussy eaters and how to help your kids become resilient. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. This week's guest, Alison Jane Ewing, is a psychotherapist and EFT practitioner. She began her career earning a master's degree in social work and spent over 15 years working with abused and neglected children and their families in the inner city of Chicago. After experiencing a divorce herself, Alison decided to focus on helping other midlife women find healthy, available single men who will love and adore them. She works using a powerful tool called EFT Tapping to have women clear all blocks to successful dating and open up to the excitement of falling in love again. Her recently published book, Find Love Again, Learn to Date Like a Goddess, is a guide to igniting your inner goddess and finding the man of your dreams. Alison lives with her two teenage sons and two cats outside of Chicago. She loves yoga and being in nature, having coffee in the morning on her porch swing and travelling the world at every chance she gets. This is The Strong Single and Human Podcast. Hi, Alison. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on board. Hi, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, I can't wait. I can't wait. I think I need to learn about this book that we're going to talk about and the book that you've written. But before we get into all of that, give us a little bit of background on you and how you came to write a book about dating. (laughs) So I was a psychotherapist for 20 years, a traditional talk therapist, and I ended up in my early 40s getting a divorce. And at that We've all point, been there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Most of us listening, I'm assuming, right? So um, at that point, what I realized was I knew an awful lot about the psychology of individuals, but I did not know very much about couple psychology and that whole realm. And so I thought, okay, I guess this didn't work out for me. Maybe that's something I should look into and learn more about. So I'm just kind of one of these intellectually curious people by nature. So I started to kind of like do a deep dive and reading and learning. And, you know, I think a lot of probably type A people can relate out there to like, okay, I got this wrong. So now I got to figure it out, right? I got to get it right the second time. And So I really did a lot of research into the psychological stuff. And then I was obviously dating and single on my own. Yeah. Then I gathered like a kind of like, I call them my goddess posse, but a group of women around me who were also single, divorced and dating. And so I basically took their stories, my stories, my experience and my background in psychology and, and everything I learned about relationships 
And I pulled it all together in this book and I added the little cherry on top of the EFT tapping, which I know we're going to talk about. Yes. And, <laughs> and so that's how I wrote the book. So I kind of, I think of it as I wrote it like a love letter to my fellow single dating women at midlife. That was the vision and the mission that I had with the book. Wow. Okay. Okay. So it sounds like you pulled together a therapy group about dating because let's face it like dating is not <laughs> all right well i don't know i think dating at our age is isn't too bad like i i'm not so worried about dating because i've got everything I, i'm an independent single woman with my son right mm -hmm. so i sort of got everything that i want i don't need i don't need for anything like, <laughs> do you know what i mean like yeah. Yeah. I don't need for money. Like always a little bit more is always good, but like I don't really need for money. I'm mm -hmm. like happy there. Mm -hmm. So so yeah, but but I agree like sharing my life with somebody and having somebody in my son's life would be great, right? Yeah. But it's like um how do we attract? Cuz my track record isn't really good, right? Mhm. Mm yeah, a lot I've of some us good, I've had some good ones, right? Uh -huh. But there have been a lot of frogs, right? right? And I'm not sure I've actually found my prince yet. Uh -huh. So, how do we get ourselves from these disruptive, destructive uh relationships? How do we actually go out there in the dating pool in the big sea and find healthy normal people today and i say people uh because i mean women and women women and men you know yes. all yeah. of that yeah. but it's healthy people right date right right and, I, and that reminds me i'll give a caveat the book is definitely written and geared towards a heterosexual woman post-divorce and so there's certain things that i talk about but of course these principles a lot of them will apply in you know any kind of dating and relationship situation so what I truly believe and what's the premise of the book is that when we do our own internal work and kind of clean up our side of the street on the inside, then what we attract from the outside changes. Okay. And sometimes like that sounds a little like magical thinking, right? <laughs> People are like, how does that work? <laughs> um, but I talk about in my book, some of the neuroscience behind that, actually, there's, there is some facts here that we're dealing with. And one of the main things is um, there's a part of our brain called the reticular activating system. And that part of our brain is responsible for seeing and identifying patterns. So we get thrown, you know, tons of information at us all day, every day, and our brain has to stream some of it out. We just can't possibly take in everything our senses are bombarded with. So this part of your brain is responsible for that. So let's say you decide, okay, I'm going to get a new car. I think I want a Jeep. I want like a top off, you know, kind of like fun Jeep. All of a sudden you start seeing Jeeps everywhere. Right. And you're yeah, like, yeah, that's right. Wait, were those always here before? Or did they just suddenly start to appear? That's your reticular activating system. The Jeeps were right. always there, right? They were always there, but we didn't see them because your brain didn't deem it as important. Now it deems it as important. It's going to start to see it. So how does this fit in with dating? Well, 
you know, you were talking about your track record, right? A lot of us end up, we've, we've kind of realized, oh my God, I'm dating the same person in a different body, right? <laughs> like this guy is acting exactly like the last guy. How is that possible? So how that's possible is because your reticular activating system is telling you that you're attracted to certain types of guys. And that might be based on some old story or some childhood wounding or just some basic, um, what they call psychological schema about what love is. So a classic example is love. If you're one of your early caretakers was um, emotionally unavailable, like maybe very hot and very cold, somewhat unpredictable, that gets imprinted on you from a very young age. That's what love is. A, a loving person is someone who's hot and cold and unpredictable and pushes and pulls, wow. right? Okay. So yeah. if that is what your psychology deems as love or feeling in love, then you retic your reticular activating system is going to go into a bar and narrow in on, you know, two out of the 10 guys that are hot and cold and emotionally unavailable. And your brain will tell you that you're attracted to that person because it's a match for this psychological schema of what love is. So how do we change that? Because if it's been inbred into us mm -hmm. from a very young age, yeah. I'm thinking I'm thinking it's going to be pretty hard to change. So yes, the answer is it can be, and it requires a lot of work, a lot of self-awareness, you know, some persistence. Whoa, okay. And to me, that's where I'm super excited about the magical tool called EFT tapping, because EFT tapping is not the only thing out there in terms of mind body things that are really effective but it's one of the simplest easiest to learn it's literally at your own fingertips because you use your own fingertips to tap on acupressure points and what it does is it's like pouring like oh water over the fire of intense emotions and it kind of puts them out okay so so let's take a step back right what is EFT. Now, EFT is, oh, I'm trying to get this right, is it emotional? Freedom. Free, oh, emotional freedom. freedom technique. Technique. There we go. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I was going, oh, I know it's emotional something. I know. So emotional freedom yeah. technique, right? Yeah. And, and a lot of, the, and, and people can use uh, EFT for this tapping technique for anxiety, mm -hmm. for dealing with trauma, P mm -hmm. PTSD, various yeah. different things, can't they? Yes. So, yes. so what is it? Because I've just <laughs> said what it can be useful. But, but what yeah. is it? What is it? So it's basically combining some more traditional psychotherapy techniques like cognitive behavioral therapy with tapping on yourself. So self-applied acupressure. So you tap the same points every time there's nine points. And this is all, if anyone's interested, they can go to my YouTube channel and see an instructional video, all that. I know I'm a visual learner. So, but you basically, you're tapping these same points every time in the same order. The word is not important. It's just to help you remember it faster. And when you stimulate these acupressure points, it sends this calming signal to the fight or flight center of your brain, to the emotion center in our mid and hind brain, and it kind of shuts it off. Wow. And yeah, so when we're really emotional, the blood actually drains from our frontal lobe and it, it concentrates in our mid and hind brain. 
our mid and hind brain, that's the emotion centers. That's why when you get really angry and then later you look back and you're like, I wasn't even thinking straight. Well, you literally yeah, like, <laughs> You see like the red mist come down. Mm-hmm. That's sort of what it is. Your, your blood's gone somewhere else and you right. can't think. Right. And, wow. and our frontal okay. lobe is like our judgment, our logic, our reasoning. It's all the good, <laughs> the good part of our brain, if you will, that helps us to make good decisions for ourselves. And so when everything constricts back there, then we're just acting on reaction, you know, on impulse. And so when you do the tapping, it brings the blood back to your frontal lobe. It calms you down. It puts you into this like alpha brainwave state, which is um, what you go into in meditation or shavasana, yoga, that. And so it just kind of chills you out and you're able to think more clearly and you're able to make better decisions for yourself from that place. So how does then EFT help you in a bar choose the good guys and not the bad guys, as it were? (laughs) That sounds really bad, but like the bad people for you. Right. I mean, I will say that the ideal way would be to work and clear your blocks before you go into the bar. Okay, that's all right then. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Right. However, you know, if you are in there and you're getting all excited and whatever, and you meet a guy and... You give him your number and then you leave and then you don't hear from him. What do we all do? We get antsy, we get anxious, we get, oh, you know, we get tied up in knots. That is a perfect time to tap because all that like anxiety and, oh my God, is he going to call me? Is he not? Or like if you have his number and you're like dying to text, but you know, you probably shouldn't because you don't want to come off as clingy or creepy or whatever, right? So all that anxiety is a lot of times why we act. So a lot of times we're going to, you know, send that text of what we later regret or whatever because of our own internal anxiety. So now what's happening, you have a tool for your own internal anxiety. So you can tap on the fact that I'm so anxious that he hasn't called me yet, or I'm dying to text him and I'm trying really hard not to. You can tap on an urge. You can tap on a compulsion, all that. You're pouring that water on the fire, putting it out. And if you tap long enough, the urge to call the person or the anxiety about them not calling you will go away. It okay, so evaporates so you, out of your body. Yeah. So you sort of then in more of an effective, logical place to then sort of go, well, hang on a minute. Like we went on the day and he hasn't phoned me for three days. Like, is that the really the guy I want in my life? Exactly. Because exactly. um and so you can make better decisions on it. We're not saying you meet better people or meet your soulmate on it, but that you can sort of quash the emotions to a certain extent with To a certain extent. But I'll, but I'll give you a really interesting example. You do actually, you can actually meet different people. Obviously, it takes, it's not okay. a one and done. But a story I tell in my book is of a woman who had been working on herself for a number of years. It was about eight years. Uh, She'd been doing a lot of things. She was into a lot of healing, Reiki, all that, but she was doing tapping along with it. And one day she gets in the elevator of her high-rise building that she's lived in for eight years with this handsome guy. And I've seen pictures of him. He's objectively handsome, which I feel is important to this story. <laughs> okay. And she had never noticed him before. So she's like, oh, who's this guy? And then they start chatting. And then eventually he asks her out. And they start seeing each other. He <clears throat> turns out to be this amazing guy, super sweet, loving, kind, 
treats her like an absolute goddess. And one day, a few weeks into dating, says to her, you know, I've had a crush on you for eight years. I've always been seeing you in the elevator. You never even looked at me. Because she just didn't notice him because... Didn't notice him because her reticular activating system was looking for the jerks and not... Oh my God. And it's what's so unbelievable to me is that it's not like he's this like unhandsome guy like he's a handsome yeah. guy and she still wasn't seeing him even a few feet away for eight years so, so it's almost like it's almost like you know how you go oh i've got a type right like yeah. where you go oh they have to be tall they have to be this they have to be built like this they have to be um they have to be independent know what you know you've got the like we've all got a list yes. in our brains of what these people that we're looking for in the world have to be emotionally wise and all of this sometimes when red flags pop up we should actually not be ticking a box when we do right and i suppose is that sort of so that's what you mean by actually taking a breath coming Mm -hmm. out of this divorce taking a breath and doing work on yourself actually finding out you are worth everything that you like let's face it I keep saying to my son, one in four billion chance of being born right. We are all absolutely amazing specimens yes. of human being. Shapes, yes. sizes, it doesn't really matter, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We are all absolutely, you know, we're all a bag of cells basically walking around, but it's an amazing bag of cells that can actually fix our own bodies if we cut them and things like that, right? So yeah. we should actually think about the positives of being human, not the negatives. And, um, and so, like, we all should be worthy. Yes. Yes. We are worthy. Right. We of- are. Right. Right. And but so I love what you're saying so much because here's what I think really goes wrong for a lot of, I was going to say women, but I think probably men too, people. All of them. Is, all of us. Is we have this fear. We have this false belief fear that there's nobody better out there or I'm never going to find my person or you know, so, and then I that, laugh because I go, I don't care. I'm really I know, happy. I, know, I, I know. mean, like the thing is, I think you've got to get yourself to a point where you're really happy with who you are in your life. Right. And I think that is the work you're talking about, isn't it really? Yeah. Where it doesn't matter if you never find anyone because you're happy and content with who you are and what you do in your life. And you, you don't need somebody to add to your life. You like sort of want to share your life. Yes. You you want someone to compliment your life. And so I think though that most people aren't where you are. I mean, most people struggle, right? Like most people feel somehow incomplete or uh, afraid of being alone. That's something you can tap on the fear of being alone. You know, most people are afraid. Oh, I I don't want to grow old alone or I don't want to die alone. Or there's these fears that then make people, they drive people, they, they take that blood away from the frontal and they drive them just into a relationship, any relationship, just to be in a relationship. And that's when you ignore those red flags. And that's where you say, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Just because he doesn't prioritize me, that's okay. His work is important. And so you lie to yourself and you make up excuses for them and, and you do these things. And then you wake up several years into it and you think, oh my God, like, what did I do? I'm unhappy again. <laughs> you know, so that's the real danger. 
I completely agree. So how do we, oh gosh, how do we, how does, how does EFT actually help us with ourselves then? Because I think there's two parts to all of this, right? There is healing yourself, giving yourself time to actually heal. And I don't care whether you are the instigator of the breakup and you're the one who's gone, oh, I'm I'm not happy and I'm leaving, right? Or whether you are the injured party for want of a better word. Injured party is probably not, but you know. Um, yeah. And um, therefore you've not wanted the relationship to break up, but it has, and you, it's been out of your control as such. So it, I think both parties need to heal because mm -hmm. there were views and things like that that actually come out of that. And I'm not saying, although I'm happy at the moment, right, I've still got a lot of work to do, right, people, so don't worry about where I'm at. But <laughs> I I am really content and happy with just being on my own, right? So mm -hmm. if people compliment and want to come into my life and compliment it, then great. But I'm not sitting here sadly surfing through apps going right. Right. Left, right, left, right, left, right. <laughs> I'm not doing any of that. So it's all good. Um, although that may be challenging for the men in my life, but who knows? Um, <laughs> because because I maybe aren't as attentive as maybe these men want, but maybe I don't want a man who's attentive, who wants me to be attentive. Right. Oh right. my God. We just went down a psychological <laughs> rabbit hole there. Yeah, How, yeah. Less about, less about me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so how did, so the first step really is healing ourselves. So how does EFT actually help us do heal that. ourselves? I know, I know you've said like, uh, if you're anxious or if you, are worried about like somebody phoning you back and things like that. But how do mm -hmm. we actually, and um, are you saying that, well, I'm, I'm throwing a lot of questions at you here at the moment, but are you saying EFT is a complement to a complementary method to going to counseling, getting therapy, whatever, um, and that it, it complements those? Do you do it in parallel to sorting yourself out, as it were? I think whatever feels most comfortable to you, but absolutely it can be a compliment. Um, for me personally right now, I don't do traditional talk therapy anymore. I do work with an EFT practitioner only, mm -hmm. but in the past I've done both parallels. So I've also worked with an EFT person and a coach at the same time, you know? So I think it's just kind of like whatever is calling to you, whatever you need. What I think might be a good way to tell, okay, maybe I want to try this EFT is if you are either working with a coach already or working with a therapist already and you're feeling kind of stuck and you're oh, feeling okay. kind of like, okay, things are not moving in the direction I want. So sometimes I get referrals from traditional therapists who say, okay, I got my client to this point. They have all the insight. They figured everything out, but they still can't change. You know, you can figure out, okay, I know exactly that I'm attracted to these guys because like, let's say you had a really chaotic mother growing up. And so you keep dating people who create a lot of chaos. And now you've been in therapy and you realize that and you're like, oh my God, I'm dating my mother. Like I'm <laughs> repeating this pattern. So you want, but so sometimes you can have the insight, but you keep doing it and you can't break out of the emotional trap. That's a good indicator of, okay, maybe I'm going to try the EFT tapping. And the way we think about working with problems like that in EFT is 
is if the problem is like a tabletop. So if the tabletop is, I keep dating people who create a lot of drama and chaos, then we want to collapse that tabletop, right? We want to get rid of that pattern. So we're going to look at what are all the different legs supporting that tabletop? So we'll start working. And this is, EFT really is meant to be a self-help tool and you can use it self-help like the example we gave earlier about the waiting for the calls and stuff. But if you're going to do some like deep, you know, uncovering some deep stuff work, that's when I recommend you work with a practitioner. And so you'll start looking at, okay, let's, let's think about some of the patterns, some of the early patterns, maybe some of the big memories or a traumatic memory of your, from your early childhood of one of your caretakers acting really dramatic or creating a lot of chaos and kind of tapping on the emotion that comes up because what's so interesting, there's this great book out there um, by Dr. Bessel van der Kolk called The Body Keeps the Score. And I just love the name of that book because it kind of tells, it says everything, right? The body keeps the score. And when we think back to these childhood memories, we think, oh, they're so long ago. But do you notice that when you think back to them, Physiologically, you feel all the things. You feel the butterflies in your stomach, the tightness in your throat, right? You, It's like your body is right back to five years old, seven years old, whatever it is. So it's living in your body. Those, those traumas, those emotional blocks are in your body. And so when you work with a practitioner, you have an opportunity to tap while processing those feelings and you release them out of your body once and for all. And it's right. Big. Okay. <laughs> because okay, and so because you're actually calming down the emotional side of your body and how you deal with how you dealt with that as a child, which we right. could have been heightened a heightened emotional situation. Exactly. You're now calming that down with the tapping. Yeah. And logically it's it's sort of you're able to logically think through it. Yes. It, it the, appears you know. that actually what happens is a new neural pathway is created. Oh, okay. So so like an easy way to think about it is if you're thinking of a memory and when you, whenever you think about it, maybe let's say a car accident, it's a very common trauma people have. You think of the car accident and you go into, you know, fast breathing, Panic a little mode. tight. Yeah. yeah. You, so your body physiologically reacts as if it's right then. If you tap on it, suddenly it, you can think back to the car accident and not go into all that physiological reaction. So you remember it. You don't lose the memory. People always get confused about that. You don't lose the memory. You remember it. But what my clients mostly say to me is feels like someone else's story now because they're no longer having that biochemical reaction in their body when they remember. It's just like, like if you remembered a movie on TV, it's like that. So putting water on the fire. Yeah, exactly. And this taking the heat out of it. Yeah. Whole new neural pathway. And the really cool thing is when you tap and you start clearing out that emotional gunk, the other side, like sort of a nice side effect that you get is insight drops in. So I love that about tapping. It's not something people talk about that much, but all of a sudden these new insights can drop in out of nowhere. You'll get this idea or you'll get this thought And I kind of think of it like if you have like a really mucky closet, you start cleaning stuff out, you find treasures in there. Like you're like, oh, look at this. I hadn't seen it in a while, right? So it's kind of, it seems like something like that where you can start tapping and 
you can say like, oh, you know, there's no good men out there. I'm never going to find a guy. Da, da, da. And then all of a sudden you're like, actually, you know, there's like so many guys at my gym that I've like kind of seen and noticed. And all of a sudden, like you'll, you'll start like realizing things and your awareness that'll come in and you'll be like, wait a minute, actually it matter if there's not a million good guys out there. I only need one. I'm only looking for one guy. I don't need a million guys, you know? So, so the, the, the fears and maybe some of the negative talk, you know, friends and family be like, Oh God, you're single over 40 or 50, you know, people like, they freak us out. Right. And so, so when you, when you pour that water on that fire, then you're no longer freaked out. Then your mom can say to you all you want, like, when are you going to find a man? And it no longer triggers you. You're just like, I will at some point. (laughs) My mom says, why do you want to find a man? Why are you, why are you going and dating? Like you're free. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> so I'm like, well, that's true, that actually. Yeah, there that we go. A lot about why you're calm and you know, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. But um, yeah. but yeah, no, wow. So okay, so this is it's it's almost like changing your perspective. The tapping is yeah. like enabling you to change your perspective on things that you've got traumatic events that are influencing what you do and who you choose now then. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it's pretty wild. I mean, I can tell you many, many examples of my own life and my clients where you tap on something, like let's say some uh, conflict you're having with somebody in your life. And then afterwards they call you and they'll be like, you know, I'm sorry, let's just bury the hatchet on this. Like I've had these stories happen so many wow. times now. I'm, it's, I'm convinced it's, it's not a coincidence. It's you shift your energy and the other person feels it. And then they respond and react differently. It's really fascinating. There's it's a really few people I need to be tapping and shifting my energy on at the moment. I must admit, no, that's yeah. fair enough. That's fair enough. And, and and talking to you at the moment, right, and I'm sitting here and I know you geared your book um, as a love letter, like you said, to women, right? Mm-hmm. But we're not saying that this EFT tapping is not going to work for men, right? Because like... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like I said before, we're all a bag of cells, right? So at the end of the day, <laughs> if tapping's going to... It's not a magic witchy woman trick, right? It's... Right, right. It will It will work for men and um, because it's yeah. actually then enabling them and maybe it's a bit easier for me. Like we talk about all our emotions and we'll sit like you did, bring all the girls around and like have a discussion around dating and the the perils of it and all of those things, right? But men don't. So I wonder if this would actually help them to deal with some of the issues and the women that they're choosing um, to move forward in their lives. Yeah. I mean, and I can tell you that I've had a few single guy friends read the book and say they found it helpful. At the end of every chapter, I do have a tapping script. So I kind of teach a lesson, have a script, teach a lesson, have a script. And so you read and you, you know, maybe get a new perspective from the chapter and then you tap and you kind of anchor that perspective, that new perspective in and clear any resistance that you might have to it. And so I have had some guys say too, that it just helped them to understand the woman's perspective on dating better after reading it too, because it's almost like getting, giving the, you know, a little inside behind the curtain peek for them. Yeah, absolutely. 
So do we all midlife women, you and I, and uh, the other ones out there who've been for a divorce at 40 odd, um, do we all suffer similar things hmm. regarding dating? Yeah. Similar? Do we have, do we? Question. I mean, I think that you seem to be an outlier in a lot of ways because I think, well, you know, you, well. are, you are, you know, like you said, happy and content. And I have a lot. I just of don't friends. care. Right. I've probably got too old and don't care anymore. I'm like, okay, I don't care. This is me, right? Deal right. with it. But right. yeah. But I mean, I think that's honestly the best way you're going to draw in the right partner for you. I think a lot oh, of women go out hopefully. there. And they pretend to kind of be someone they're not because they yeah. want to get the guy to like them. So the one chapter I have is like how Cinderella fucked me up. And, <laughs> and I talk about how when I was dating, I went into it thinking like, okay, I have to, you know, elbow these other stepsisters out of the way to get the guy's attention. And I, I have to be cute and smart and funny and all the things to get him to choose me. I thought dating was all about being chosen. It didn't occur to me that I was also the chooser until I have to, well, I have to agree with you. I have to agree with you. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just like previously when I was dating, I would be like, Oh, I'm I'm going to be the winner out of all of this. Right. And you'd sit there and go, no, no, no. Like, they are the winner, are right, the winner. in dating me, right? Absolutely. So it's a complete spin round of, like, I'm not big-headed and all of that stuff, right? But at the end of the day, and I wear shaperwear and all of those things. Yeah. But, you know, it like, makes it's... makes you feel good. I mean, that's what... Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, the book is Find Love Again, Learn learn to Date Like a Goddess, right? Because that's the key is that... Exactly. That you want to show up as your most goddessy self, which is, and a goddess is like... I know I'm a prize. Now, obviously you want to find a prize too, but you know, you're the prize and you know that when you show up on a date, it's like, I, of course, you know, it'd be nice if you like me, but also I'm just looking to see if I like you. And I don't think most women do that. I think they show up and they've done their hair and their nails. And not that there's anything wrong with that. If doing your hairs and your nail and wearing spanks makes you feel goddessy, then that's what you should do. So no judgment on, on that, but but it's that attitude of going in. I sort of um, talk about it just energetically, like leaning in energy versus leaning out energy. So, so when you have leaning in energy on a date, you're like leaning in, like, oh, I hope he likes me. I hope he likes me, right? And that on it, that's not very sexy to the guy anyway. Like, it's a little desperate. desperate. Yeah, stinks of desperation, exactly. ladies. Don't do it, and right. men, right? And but if you show up on a date and you kind of have a leaning back, like. I'm just checking you out and I'm going to see, and I'm, I'm going to be open. I'm going to receive your attention and your, whatever you've got to show me, you know, it's just very, it's just very relaxed. It's very chill. It's very confident. It's very feminine because feminine is all about sort of receptivity and going with the flow. And so that is very magnetic to men and they love that because then, you know, men like a challenge and men want to, they want to work a little bit at gaining your interest and gaining your excitement and all of that kind of thing. So that's really the way to go. And honestly, it's very easy to know if you're on a date, what you're doing, if you just pay attention to your body and you really stay in your body and you notice, I mean, I can tell you, I was on a date one time like this, like, 
And then I caught myself because he was so handsome and so just like kind of took my breath away that I was leaning. But I just realized I'm on a podcast. I guess I was. Yeah, leaning no, you're on a podcast. Everybody. It's okay. I was gonna <laughs> leaning forward with her hands, with like her face in her hands, hands like a gog, right. a gog of this demigod. And then I thought, oh my gosh, what am I doing? And I caught myself in my body, and then I took a deep breath, and I leaned back, and I felt, you know, the my seat mm-hmm. in the chair, my back against. So you really, if you can use your body, you're going to come across much more goddessy because you're going to relax and you're going to just be yourself. And then that's the other thing. Why try so hard to get someone to like you? Because then who are they liking? Maybe not even you. They're liking the version of you that you're putting in front of them. So that's not a relationship that's going to work in the end. No. No, and that mirror then will slip after a few months. It's got to. You can't keep it up all the time. So, yeah, no, that's, oh, my gosh. Yes, no, definitely. So but what do you think about these dating apps then? Because, like, we can't physically, (laughs) there are pictures and words written on an app, right? right? So you can't physically get to know, well, you can chat with that person, but you can't physically see them, right? Smell them, right? And I say smell because <laughs> I dread to think if anyone's listening to this who, um, it like has been out with me or done whatever, but, but it is like it. There are pheromones that basically women are attracted to and men are attracted to, yeah. and that's why when they do experiments with wives and their husbands they can smell them out right because they're attracted to them odor yes which sounds really bizarre but it's true it's totally so how do we but how do we do this how do we make fun of me because they'll be like what you didn't like a smell i'm like oh i didn't it's like it's one of those things i can meet a guy i know right away so okay but but this is true but you're right it is it is like because you can find them so attractive online right, and go, wow, they're like awesome. Their pitchums fab. And then you meet them for a coffee or whatever. And then you go, oh, wow. No, <laughs> no spark, no, no mojo. No chemistry. Yeah. So I always say there's a big, big difference between 2D and 3D. You know, so that's the problem with dating apps is you're, you know, you're basing it on 2D. So my advice is two things. One, I do think it's good to get on a date as quickly as possible because you could chat up forever. And then like you're saying, get there and there's no spark. And it's sort of like, okay, where do we go from here? Now I just, you know, spent all this time or now it's uncomfortable to kind of end it or whatever. Right. So I do think that I think, I know a lot of times women are scared or nervous, you know, about maybe doing that. That's something you can tap on. If you're meeting a guy well, I was gonna say, in a place during the day, it's fine. <laughs> you know? But then what are it like, if you're anxious mm-hmm. about, oh, this guy did not rock my boat and right. I need to say goodbye. Yes. That some people, sometimes people find that really like yes. stressful too, right? Sure. Because they don't want to break, they're not going out there to break people's hearts yes. or whatever, right? Yes. Exactly. But they could use EFT to yes. deal with that anxiety yes. and that yes. emotion that as well, anxiety. right? Yes. Because it's about reconnecting maybe as a child, mm. potentially, they dealt with some traumatic incident scary, traumatic, whatever it was, incident right. where they said no to somebody and it all blew up in their face and everything was like, 
you know, horrendous, then maybe they feel like letting, um, (laughs) I can't say, it's not about letting people down, not letting people down gently or saying, no, sorry, not today, thank you, is a stressful situation for them. Absolutely. In a work environment or a relationship environment or, you know, in general, right? Right. Right. So, But EFT would help them with that, wouldn't it? Yes, yes, it can definitely help them with that. So you can help it, you know, in the moment you can tap before you maybe say, you know, reach it, you know, if you're going to like text a person back and say, hey, it was nice meeting you, but I just didn't feel like a match to me or I just didn't feel that spark that I'm looking for. I, I think that as long as you're just like really honest, and really just straight into the point. Most people are going to understand. I have had some guys act like jerks after that. I will be honest, but most don't. Most are like, hey, you know what? Thanks. I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate you letting me know. Don't ghost. Don't ghost people. I just don't no. really, this is my PSA. Like, do not ghost people. So many people do it because they're exactly what you're saying. They're They're afraid. But then it's like, but you wouldn't want someone to do that to you, right? So just golden rule. Just text them and say, Hey, it was nice meeting you. I appreciate the time. Just didn't feel like a match to me, period, the end. And if that's hard, you can tap before that. So that's that's one thing. The other thing that I'll say when it comes to online dating is one of the tools I talk about in my book is I just call it uh, green, yellow, red light. And it is the way to kind of tune into your own energy before you go online. And so... You know, if you are feeling, if you tune in and you're like, you know what? I feel like a goddamn goddess right now. Like I am awesome. I am a catch. And you know what? I'm going to go online. That's a perfect time to go online. So that is your green light, full on high goddess vibe energy. When you go on in that energetic space, guess what your reticular activating system is going to do? Oh, this guy's good. Oh, this guy's good. Oh, like you literally will see oh. more guys because yeah. you're in that positive headspace that kind of says like, I'm worthy. I'm going to find a guy, I, you know, so it's, so it's actually going to see more guys. And then that is when, you know, you're going to feel good about going online. Red energy is like that negative, like, I guess I got to go online because I want to date for this wedding next month or whatever, right? And so, but you're not feeling it. You're like, online sucks. These guys suck. Oh, another ugly, bad, bald, whatever you want to say. You're just headed like going with all this negative talk about online dating. That is not a good time to get on because you get on, it's just going to make you feel worse. And guess what? Your reticular activating system is only going to see the guys that you don't like. And then it reinforces that belief that there aren't any good guys on there. So then the third one is the yellow energy, which as you can guess, it's right in between. So you're kind of like neutral. You're like not super excited, not feeling super high vibe, but you're like not down in the dumps either. And you're like, eh, I guess I'll go on. So I also say with yellow, never go on with yellow. So don't go on with yellow energy because it will bring you down to red very quickly because your reticular activating system will only see, you know, the negative, negative looking guys. And oh my God. I know. And that's because we have this part of our brain, this negativity bias. It's not really part of our brain, but it's how our brain operates. So we are um, 10 times more likely to pay attention to and um, notice, pay attention to and stick with negative stimuli versus positive stimuli. 
And I know it's a bummer. And that's why, you know, your boss can tell you like 10 awesome things in your review and they give you like one thing of feedback and you just go home and all you can do is think about the, the one negative thing or the one feedback thing, right? So that is our brains. Our brains have this negativity bias to just like focus in, narrow in, and then attach really hard to negative. So that's something that we have to kind of be aware of and fight against. And when you notice positive things, take them in more. There's a great book on it called Hardwiring Happiness by Rick Hansen. And he talks about how to how to basically rewire your brain slowly over time. But it's like developing a muscle at the gym. You know, it takes time. It takes practice. You have to kind of work at it. So that's not going to happen overnight. So my rule of thumb is if you're at all, you know, in the yellow, you're, it's going to bring you to the red to go on it. So just don't go on it. If you're in the red, definitely don't go on it. But if you're in the green, like go on it, you know? And if you are in the yellow or the red too much, go out and do something. Like live your life, like find things to do. In my book, I call it like create a goddess bucket list. Like like anything and everything you've ever wanted to do that maybe you couldn't when you were in a relationship or just that you just never thought about or maybe like you didn't have the money when you were younger or whatever. No, now you can and make a list. And then have it nearby so that when you need to like move yourself into that higher vibe, you can plot the list and be like, all right, what do I want to do on the list? And and I say have a mix of like little things and big things. Like it can be like something little, like I've always wanted artwork on my nails. You know, that's something you could do right away. Or it could be something Mm. big, like I want to learn sailing or whatever. So, you know, just having that mix of sort of big, audacious, like really exciting things. And then just sort of some other littler, pleasurable things, but all of it just designed to like make you feel juicy, make you feel excited, make you feel like you love life. And then when you get into that space more and more and more, then you, you are going to start loving life. And guess what? When you're out there like loving life and having fun, you are extremely magnetic. Guys will be like, who is she and what she got going on? You know? So, cause they read our energy too. You know? Well, yeah. And the thing is, I think too too often we lay there in bed and we're watching Netflix Netflix or we're surfing through Insta or whatever. And um and then you lay there and you go on your dating app and you flick through, oh, let's have a look at some people. And like that's not <laughs> that's not the best mind frame to be in. Um definitely not. And um definitely not at that time of the month either, ladies. Um, because <laughs> I'm like that's angry. That's angry guy. That is. That's definitely angry lady. Angry. I mean, some people don't go through. I'm just talking about my time of the month. But you know, like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, um, sure. you know, if if you're hating the world for two days, yeah, which some of us do, right? You know, I know I've just painted every woman with that brush, but <laughs> I'm mainly talking about myself. Do not go on a dating app when it's yeah. hating the world yeah. week. All right, yes, because. Right. Yeah, not a good idea. It's not going to be good. <laughs> not it's not going to be good. No. Um, however, I'm going for a float tomorrow, so I'm doing one of these float tank things. Those are awesome. So maybe, yeah. maybe I should go on a date night when I come out of the float yeah. tank. Who knows? See, that could be a good um, time. Absolutely. Relaxed, yeah. chilled. Yep. yep. Um, who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, okay. This is fantastic. So, where do people learn about one the book? And then two, EFT. Where can they, are there, um, can they go to your website and learn about EFT on there? Uh, 
do um, EFT is global, right? So I'm assuming yeah. there would be local practitioners. Can yeah. you do FT, EFT online? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, well, I actually see all my clients online. <laughs> oh, well, there so, we go. Yes, yes. Um, but there are definitely practitioners worldwide. So my website is learntodatelikeagoddess.com. And anybody listening actually can go there and download a free ebook copy if you want an ebook copy of my book. Wow. So that wow. you can kind of get started and get an idea of what EFT is. Uh, also on my website, I do have a whole how to tap page with video instructions and, and written instructions. So whatever kind of learner you are, you should be able to get it from there. Uh, of course, my book is available on Amazon if anyone wants to buy a copy of it. The main thing I actually do with the book is I have an eight-week online course, uh, Learn to Date Like a Goddess course. So I do work with women in that course to kind of basically sort of reset your, your whole frame of mind around dating and use the EFT tapping to clear away the blocks and become more magnetic. And I've been having like great success with women coming in saying, I've got nobody chatting me online to like halfway through the program being like, I have so many dates. I don't, I can't keep the guys straight. So I know that it does work to sort of change the inside and bring in change on the outside. So that's been some really exciting stuff. But I also had someone have similar results just from reading my book. She said she went into her therapist's office and she was blabbering away about, oh my God, I have this date and that date. And I don't know what to do because both these guys like me. And then this third guy asked me out and the therapist said, whoa, 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 what, what happened to you? For months, you've been sitting on my couch like Sally Sadsack saying there's no guys out there in their 50s. I'm never going to find a guy. And now you have three dates. She's like, I actually have five dates. She's like, you have five dates in one week. <laughs> what happened? And my this woman said, uh, yeah, you know what? I actually read this book and I did the tapping. And all of a sudden, wow. I just started asking me out. So she changed her own energy on the inside. And, you know, she became magnetic on the outside. Yeah. 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 And I suppose if people read the book and find that, you know, they're getting stuck, get in contact with you and Absolutely. you might be able to shift the energy a little bit more <laughs> with right. some, yeah, with some um, practical help as such. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. People can also follow me at Allison Jane Goddess Maker on uh, TikTok and on Instagram and, you know, hit DM me and I, there's a little, Tips or tricks God or love you. God love you for you doing the talk. <laughs> God love you for doing the talk. That's full on, full yeah. on. The one yeah. thing I will say though is, please, if you get my book, do the tapping with it. I have had some people just read it and not do the tapping scripts, and I get it. It's like you're reading it on a plane or you're reading it, whatever, and so you're going to skip the tapping. But I really strongly encourage you not to, because that's when the magic happens. The people who've had the best results is because they actually do the tapping in there. That's when things really start to shift. Yeah. And I, and I, yeah, I've known about EFT tapping for some time. So yeah, it definitely, definitely has an effect and changes, um, changes your emotional perspective on things. So yeah, no, definitely, definitely. So final question for you, and I've changed up the final question and listeners, it's no longer what book would you recommend? Although we've had a couple of cheeky books out of Alison already um, with this interview, but what has been the best piece of advice somebody has given you that you still follow today? 
So the best piece of advice that I've been given around dating is was given to me actually by the wife of my mentor who does the tapping with me and they are such a happy couple. They're definitely someone I look up to. Um, She says something that is a pebble in your shoe about your relationship early on will be a boulder 10 years in. Yeah. Wow. And I think about that when I start dating someone new and you know, it's really easy. There's these little pebbles that you're like, that's not that big a deal. And I'm not talking about like, you know, toothpaste cap on or off. I'm talking about like values or, you know, like just, it's like, oh, well, they're, you know, they, they have like a different value on this than me. Like that's a pebble now that will definitely be a boulder. So if you're dating, you're dating, like cut bait and go. (laughs) Like if you don't like this shirt, that is definitely not a pebble. Right. Right, But like, yeah. Right. But if If they've got some view, yeah, like if if you're really, let's say you really have very different perspectives on religion or, you know, if something with oh, their family is really, you yeah. know, if their family's really enmeshed and you're not used to that and that wouldn't feel good to you, you know, something like that. I mean, obviously some of these things you might want to talk to a counselor about and make sure, but like there's certain things I think, um, I know my uh, most recent relationship he was not a very active person. I'm a very active person. Oh. I like hiking. I like biking. Like I want to spend my later years going on active vacations. So that was a pebble, but there was so many other good things that I was like, I'll overlook that, you know, but then eventually I was like, this is not going to work long-term because that will be a boulder for sure. Yes. No, exactly. No, good advice. Good advice there. Definitely, definitely. Well, look, thank you for coming and joining us today. Thanks ever so much for spending the time with us, talking to us about EFT. Um, It's been fascinating. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed it. I love talking about this. Oh, it's great. I think people need to get out there, have a read of your book and see what happens. And if things happen, I'm not talking about marriages or anything like that, but if, you know, people find that there's things that are happening and changes that are happening, get back to us. Tell us here at the uh, podcast and we'll forward that, that through to Alison. Yeah, that would yeah that no, sad. definitely. <laughs> definitely. Okay. Cool. Okay. Well, look, thank you again for your time and we'll speak again. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you would like to hear more, please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. If you would like to support us further, share this episode with your friends and family. And finally, drop us a review on iTunes as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments and ideas. It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content you want to hear just like this. If you want to check out our past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast, or for links, resources, and show notes, go to our website, www.strongsingleandhuman.com. We are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey, and Twitter. I hope you have a wonderful week. And I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself and remember, no one is perfect. We're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. 
I'm Claire Martin, and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast.